bless you, and you may be seated. What beautiful praise tonight in worship. And I, I don't know, does anybody have a song of the Lord tonight? That came to me for some reason. If there's a song that God wants to sing through you. Go ahead. Well, I thought you said anybody could follow. Or, yeah. Well, you know what? I think that's a good song because we need to know and remember as we sit here tonight that, yes, Jesus does love us. Kim, you want to sing it out? Yes, Jesus loves me. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus loves me. just to remind myself how much he loves me. Do you sing songs at home just to remind yourself sometimes or songs that really minister to you? I would not sing it here. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I would sing it, but not lead it. I always sing it to the Lord at home, but I believe there are those that, are you all thanking God I'm not? Or... <laughs> But, Bree, that was beautiful. And sometimes there is a song of the Lord, and that had to be God because I would have never thought of that. <laughs> you know. Did you feel that? I mean, I, you know, I love that, how the Holy Spirit will speak to us. Yes. The Lord gave me um, a large bass bar, Jones. Yeah. And I'm like, I still like that old good. Because of his word. His word is so powerful. And when we sing songs of praise, when we quote scriptures, that's taking the power of God and pushing the enemy out of our minds. Because we have control 
over our thoughts. And we have control in a lot of ways and authority because he tries to override God's authority. That's why it's important that we remember what the word says. That's why it's important that we come to church on Sunday. That's why it's important when things are presented here that Pastor Garrett feels God's leading that we be open to take the time to attend. And I know it's hard at night because we work during the day and it's a long day and you want, I'm not going to say get in your robe and snuggle up because then I don't want nobody to leave. So, <laughs> but you know, it's, it is hard sometimes to um, be able to take everything in, but sometimes God leads us and he has things for times and seasons in our life. And, one of the things that I have been praying about, of course, is, God, what do you want to speak to your people? Not what I think they need or anything else, because I really don't know what every single person needs here tonight. But I felt like he told me two things, that my people are fighting pretty strong right now, and that is fear and anxiety. There's so much anxiety going on in the world today. We don't know what's going to happen in the government. We don't know what's going to happen in the nation. We don't know if there's going to be a war. And when you start thinking all these things, fear will hit you. And then when you have fear, you become anxious. So I just want to share with you tonight some of the things that God wanted me to bring to your attention. And I feel like this word is for everyone here. I don't believe it's any coincidence that you're here tonight because there's certain things in God that we have need of. So I'm just going to give you a few definitions just so if anybody's got any question. There's two kinds of fear. There's the awesome fear of God, the reverential fear, which is a good fear because uh, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Knowing that he's our father and he loves us, we understand that, but we know that he means what he says, and he says what he means. And I learned that from my earthly father, a lot of that. <laughs> that when he says don't do it, he, he usually has a good reason for it. So the other kind of fear is usually, um, it's, it's, it says an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. And... Anxiety is one of those fears uh, that is made aware. Nervousness, we get worried, uh, nervous about something, or we worry about something, or we become uneasy. So those are usually fears that hit our, our mind. It's usually from our emotions. And then anxiety is a strong desire, sometimes mixed with doubt, fear, and uneasiness. Agitation, anxiousness, apprehensiveness, concern, fear, see, and worry. Because fear and anxiety go hand in hand. What, when you talk about anxiety, that's one of the things that, that works with fear. And anxiety, when you define that, works, you know, fear works with anxiety. said that a little backwards. but So we are aware that these two things, has anybody never experienced one of those emotions. We've all experienced fear. And because of fear, sometimes we don't know how things are going to go. So we become anxious or, 
or some people say nervous about it, or we begin worrying about it. And one of the worst things is it's a distraction to keep us out of the will of God, to keep us oper out of operating, you know, in what God wants. And I want us to turn, well, you can put it up here, to 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So fear is a spirit. It says he has not given us a spirit of fear. And I literally believe that fear is a spirit that tries to come up on us and make, make us anxious uh, for what we're going to face or think we're going to have to face or what might happen. So I wanted to give you just, it, this is just uh, from a, a footnote, but I thought it was so good I couldn't really say it any better. So it's something, deliverance in capital letters is all the way across there, which means that's something that you literally are going to need deliverance from. But first of all, you got to know that it is a spirit, that you need deliverance from it, and it will take the Word and the Holy Spirit together to bring that deliverance. And it said, the spirit of fear may find a place by reason of one's natural temperament. But it is not merely a human disposition. It is not from God. And it can be and it can immobilize you and torment its victims, making them feel powerless and alone. That's pretty heavy. Indecision or wrong decisions are then made that could give place to bondage and great human suffering. You believe that? It's a tormenting spirit. Torment works with that very strongly. Of course, it will torment your mind if you just think about it and think about the importance of what you're hearing tonight because it can change your life in the days ahead when you realize that, that it is not from God and you're having fears and you have to get a hold of yourself and say, hey, wait a minute. This fear is not from God. And I take authority over you. I have authority. God has given me all authority over the enemy. I take authority over you. And no, you're not going to do that. So in the face of fear, we are to remember our calling from God in, um, and that we have within us. The power of God through the Holy Spirit enabling us to no longer be victims. And I was going to, let me think if I need to go to that word. I think I'll just tell you. But he said here that uh, he doesn't want us to be a victim. We're not to be a victim. But we're to be a victorious person in this. Because if we let him do what he wants to do, then we've become a victim. Where we take authority over that spirit and we become a victor. So the perfect love of God poured into our lives through Jesus Christ in his abiding presence, the mind of Christ by which we can apply the ways of God in making sound choices. Applying this truth de determines whether we overcome fear or we are overcome by fear. So our mind 
in 2 Corinthians 10, one of the things that we fight uh, the enemy about is that he builds strongholds. And we're supposed to pull those strongholds down by the word of God because we don't fight flesh and blood. Our, our fight is not against human people, but it's the spirit. He said these things that we cast down imaginations and every high thing that, that brings itself against the word of God, that we have to be in obedience to his word. Because the enemy wants to distract you. Remember that. He wants to discourage you. He wants you to keep you. If he can keep you not acting on the word of God, then he's done a pretty good job, wouldn't you say? Because he has victor, victory over you. It, it's, it, it has to be something within us to take authority over, to realize that we have power over the power of the enemy in our lives. So it's a weapon of God, literally, when we, we just don't let him do that, but we become the victor again and not let him get by with it. And also um, in James, it says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So you're going to have to stand up against the spirit of fear because you're maybe sometime won't have anybody around you to pray with you about it. You're going to have to say, hey, you're going to have to recognize that spirit. Why am, why am I feeling fear? What's wrong? Why am I afraid? There's something wrong that I would fear this when he says that it's not a me. I'm, I'm not giving it to you. So sometimes when we have to face surgery or we have to face loss or sickness, Fear can come in so easy if we don't guard our heart and guard our mind because we have the power, the, the very power to do that. And in 1 John 4, 18, he says there is no fear, no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. In other words, his love for us. He's telling us, this is not from me. And it will bring nothing but torment in your life. And I do not want torment in my life. We have enough to face as it is without torment something coming on us to torment us, that, boy, if you do this, I wouldn't do that, because if you do, they're not going to love you, something bad's going to happen. So be fearful if you step out there in that. And somewhere you have to recognize that those, those very fears are not from God. I hope I can say that enough. And the young men that are here tonight, you're going to start school there's all kinds of things that's going to come against you. And that's where if you remember what I said to you tonight, you will be ahead of a lot of kids that fear bullies, that fear different things, that you don't have to fear because he said, don't fear it. Don't let them torment you. And when you use and take authority over that, they will have to back off from you because God said, resist the devil 
And it's the devil that's doing those things. That's why bullies are so bad in school and kids have taken their lives and everything. And if through the church, if we rise up and start speaking these things to our young people, that God can protect them in a mighty way. And that's what we want in this church. One thing's the reason we have school and different things is to help our kids grow strong. So also, I used to always come against in my own life a spirit of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Because he gets us in doubt to make us fear. Now, are you sure God said that? Come on. And you think, well, well, did he say it? Did he mean that for me? Or was that just for special people? I mean, he's so sneaky. Look at what he did to Eve in the garden. Made her doubt. And, and Satan said, oh, God didn't really say that. He's just afraid that if you um, eat of the tree, then you'll be as smart as him. Or you'll be able to be as wise as him. And so he talked right into it. And then she gave it to her husband, and he ate. And the cost of that was they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. That's a mighty price to pay. All that they lost, and, and then he had to bring his son into the picture to die on the cross to redeem us from the hand of the enemy. So when you think even of doubt, how strong doubt is and unbelief, and really, doubt can go right into unbelief if we don't watch it. So for my life, I'll come up, I said, I bind you, Satan, and I come against fear, doubt, and unbelief. I bind you for my life today in every area. You get away in the name of Jesus. I bind the enemy every day because we fight an enemy every day. It's not just uh, maybe sometimes when you feel fear. It's every day. He tries to confuse us. He tries to hurt us because he came that to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. So if he can steal your authority, if he can make you think he doesn't exist, then he's done a mighty thing uh, for his kingdom. But you've lost a lot because he can't do to you. If you don't submit to God, if you submit to him and resist him, he has to go because the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus is greater than anything he can do. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. He will bow his knee to the name of Jesus Christ. That was a wonderful song, and I love to hear her sing. And all those that have beautiful, anointed voices of God that just sing out. I just enjoy it and sing low, but he knows I love him. <laughs> but I ran across this, and I thought I would share it with you tonight. It's, it's what are the most, here are ten of the most common fears that people face. And some of them's going to seem silly, and I thought, wow, really? But there are all kinds of fears that are out there in the world to stop us from moving forward. God wants you tonight to move forward with what I'm telling you, that you'll take authority over fear and anxiety. He did not. It's a spirit. And I did not give that to you. So what you're feeling is from an outward source named Satan. One of the fears is, I cannot pronounce them, but it's 
arachnophobia or something like that. So can I bypass those phobia names? Okay, thank you. Um, is the fear of spiders. This fear plagues more people than any other. Can you believe that? This is number one on the list. Most spiders are quite harmless and won't attack unless provoked. But its very presence can send many into hysterics. That's an example. <laughs> so, the, you know, I thought, well, that must be a little bit of fear in me because I start stomping right away. <laughs> the second one is the fear of snakes. <laughs> Said Indiana Jones isn't the only one who has a morbid fear of these reptiles. I didn't really see the show, so it must be big. But the third fear is the fear of heights. Ever stand on the edge of a cliff and feel your heart pound? Yes. People who have this fear don't just have a racing heart, but suffer panic attacks. I've gotten on the edge of something, and I just feel weak all over. You know, and I, I don't want any of these. You know, that, that I wouldn't go on an airplane or do any of these things. And, and see if you recognize any of these. Some of us may have quite a few. <laughs> but the, um, well, let's see, I said yeah, the the heights. And then the fourth is the fear of situations that are difficult to escape from. Ever have a dream where you tried to run but couldn't? Now, that's a terrifying experience. If you've ever had that kind of dream where you couldn't get away or fear was all around you or what, you know, whatever. And then the sixth one, or the fifth one, is the fear of dogs and cats, often resulting from a, bi a bad childhood experience, I remember. <laughs> but, you know, we all have certain things in our life that we need to recognize and start coming against them. They may seem silly, but you know to God they're not. Because God may want us to stand somewhere and where we want to run and scream and then stomp them and hit them and whatever you have to do, where he might need us sometime to stand in a place like that and stand for him. So you have to think about these things. He does not want us fearful. He wants us to use common sense. Now, that and goes along with all these things. You have to use common sense. You're not going to step off a wall or something like that. I hope you all understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Excuse me, my throat's dry. So, then we have the fear of thunder and lightning. Not just dogs suffer from this fear. It terrifies many people. And they'll run from lightning and from storms and... Um, I had a dog one time that I was sitting out on my patio many years ago. He was a big dog. He was a German Shepherd. And it was lightning, but the sun was kind of still out or whatever. And I was just sitting out there. And I saw my dog come flying up from the backyard. And I thought, I wonder what's wrong. Was it? Well, he leaped into my lap. And we both nearly fell off the chair. Because he was so afraid, he jumped on me. And I thought, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you know. But that was a real fear that dog had for him to come running and leap on top of me. And he was as big as I was almost. He was a huge dog. So, And then there's the fear. The seventh one is the fear of injections. This also includes giving blood 
and other things that require needles. There's a lot of people that can't, oh, oh, you know. And I've seen grown men and adult women that, you know, I don't like to get them. I don't like to look when the blood comes flowing out. That's my blood. <laughs> and then number eight is social phobias that lead many people to avoid many social events altogether because they're afraid to come together in a crowd or afraid somebody will, you know, ask them to do something. So they, be, they get a phobia of these things. And I've never had that, but it must be awful. <laughs> Somebody's laughing, so they may have had a touch of it. <laughs> But you know how God does. I mean, he wants us to get over these things because how do you know that he might want you to speak to a thousand people someday? And to be able to get up in front of people, we don't know. I never, I've never liked particularly getting up in front of people. I think because... You know, you hear orators that just speak everything so correctly and so well and all these things. And I asked my husband when we first started, you know, he that's one thing. He said, don't say you know. You know? <laughs> and you try not to do that because he said so many people say that word over and over and over when they get up to speak. And he said, so, you know... He said, now, don't get mad at me. I, I just want to, I said, well, I'll ask you to help me. You know, because he said, yeah, a lot of people do that and strangle the one that's helping them. So, <laughs> so he did, he helped me in a lot of ways to get over kind of that fear that I was going to look dumb in front of somebody or look stupid or whatever. And, of course, that's pride. So, you know, I've got so many things to overcome. <laughs> you know, we all do, but he's helping us through his word to overcome. So that was never anything that I sought. But it seemed like all through high school, I ended up being a majorette, then a head majorette. Then I ended up being a vice president of the PTA. Then I became president, and I didn't want to. I did not say vote for me or I make myself available but, you know, it's what people see in you sometimes, that they see more in you than definitely you see in yourself. And I'm so thankful because in some ways God was trying to prepare me for today. So allow God to, as you hear these things, to come out of your insecurities and your fears and your anxieties, to let him take you where he wants you to go. So the other fear is the fear of flying. Even though flying is the safest mode of travel, logic little does little to calm this fear. And that's true. First time I ever flew, my heart, I held on to the back of the seat. And Jody was with me, and neither one of us had been in an airplane before. And we were both holding on to the back of the seat in front of us. And they come by, you want, you want a snack? No. I'm not letting go of the seat. <laughs> we wouldn't even take a snack because we were afraid. And, you know, and she was looking at me, and I'm supposed to be kind of a security to her. And <laughs> there I am holding on to the seat. But we got over that after we flew the Sefta. I said, now I'd like a snack. But the other fear, number 
10 is a fear of germs or dirt. It doesn't really say anything on there about that, but I went to majorette camp when I was a junior in high school. And we went, it was in Florida, in Orlando. And there was a young girl there. I felt so sorry for her. I just felt so bad. And I tried to talk to her because they started making fun of her. Because she wore, she would get a night and wash her hands. She would, every time she was in the room, she'd go wash her hands maybe three, four, five times. She really, I mean, it was called a, a, a phobia. It was really a fear. And they started laughing at her and making fun at her of her for doing that. And come to find out later that that's exactly what she had. Uh, you know, and they short-sheeted her bed. She couldn't get in the bed because you know, yeah. it could only go down so far. And I, I've always had a heart for people that was mistreated. I, I know that's part of why God probably called me into this because you have to have a heart for people. And I, I did talk to her, and I said, You're just, can you just forgive them? I said, they don't understand, you know, what's happening. And she started crying. She said, I know, and I can't help it. You know, when it's something that's strong in your life. And, and how it got there, you know, in her life, I, I have no idea. But I know that it can happen. It can happen to all of us, especially with all the germs and everything in our society today. And one of the main things they do is tell us to what? Wash our hands at school and the, everywhere we go because there's definitely germs on our hands. And more so, when I was a young girl, they didn't talk that much about it. I mean, they, you know, wash your hands for dinner, but that was about it, you know, before you go eat, wash your hands, and different things like that. But there are so many different phobias and that's just, that's just a few. I remember, I won't tell this on Chad, but don't you all tell him that I told it. When he was probably about 12, um, he wanted to go see this scary movie. I forget um, what it was. I think it was the one with their head turned around. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he was going with some friends <laughs> uh, with, you know, with their parents. They were going to take them to a movie, and I wanted to know, you know, what kind of movie, and, and he said, Mom, I don't know, but I knew the people, and very strong Christians, so I never, I said, okay, well, I said, but one thing, do not go see that movie, because that is not of God, and that is not good for you to go see things like that, okay, I won't, so needless to say, he went to see the movie, that was the one, those kids, don't tell your mom, so he goes and sees the movie, and like I said, he was maybe 10, something, he was young, and we never went to movies much anyway, so, but anyway, I said, um, he come home, and, you know, went to bed, and it wasn't about an hour. He said, Mom, because his dad worked nights, he said, do you think it'd be all right if I'd sleep with you? And I said, what? He never, he never wanted to do that, believe me. And I said, did you go see that movie? He said, yes. I asked God to forgive me, Mom, but now I, I can't get over it. I keep seeing it. And, and it just, and I said, see, you need to listen to your mother. 
And it's true because that's what Satan wants to do. That was a fear that was put in him from going to see that movie. And that's what happens. And you just open yourself up. There was a reason, you know. And, and music <laughs> can put things in you, and I wouldn't allow him to listen to certain music. So I walked, went in one night to check on him, and he had earphones on. <laughs> so I couldn't hear the music. So I jerked him off his head. What? What? <laughs> I said, I just wanted to see what you were listening to. I won't do it again. <laughs> you know how kids are. But we all did it. We tried to get by with things, and it never pays as kids. We try, but somehow we get caught. And that was one thing I always prayed, God, let me catch my kids and whatever they're doing that they shouldn't be doing. He always did. Ask Jody. <laughs> Ask Chad. But it was good that God, because he cares that much about our kids and how we're raising them, but I just wanted to say tonight in uh, Philippians, if you want to uh, put that up, New King James, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, he's talking to his people, Paul is, he said, Now whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's any praise or anything praiseworthy, meditate. What does that mean? Think. Think on these things. This is your answer really right here. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. He will be with you. And the, he will guard your mind. He said, when this, I, I just want to say, this literally changed my life at one time in my life. When it hit me, what was being said. Because he said, don't be anxious for another, or don't worry about anything. That goes right with it. But in prayer, come to him in prayer. How are we to come to him in prayer? Let our, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, that means, God, we're not thanking you for what's happened. But I thank you, God, that you're with me, that there's light at the end of the tunnel, that I will be able to let my request be named, known unto you, knowing that you will answer my prayer. That don't have to go to him. Because he said, don't be anxious. He said, Paul said, don't be anxious now for anything. And look what he's been through. In prison, he, he wrote the letters of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. He wrote all four of those books in the Bible in prison. Instead of sitting there fearing for his life 
or being fearful of what's going to come on him, he wrote four letters, four books of the Bible. Isn't that amazing? Because he knows, and he knew, he was the one that said, go to the Lord in thanksgiving with your request, no matter what it is, and tell him you're thankful that, you're, that you are with me, Lord. That's what, if, there's many things really that I could uh, leave with you tonight, but in Matthew 6, he, he says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or the clothes you're going to wear. He went specifically, don't worry about those things. Don't be anxious about those things because he said worry is a distraction. It's a preoccupation with things causing anxiety and stress and pressure. Jesus speaks against worry and anxiety because of the watchful care of a heavenly father who is ever mindful of our needs. He said, don't worry about anything. Nothing. Because I'm with you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. Everything. You have to not forget to remember his word. Don't forget, because that's what's going to set you free, is if you remember his word. So God is so good. And tonight, I, I just wanted to um, offer prayer to, for you tonight, or however you feel to receive. But I'll tell you this much. He spoke to Timothy, and he said, receive the gift from the laying on of hands, those things that I have imparted, those things that he set people free from through the laying on of hands. So if you want that tonight, if you want to turn those lights down too a little bit for me, Kenny, that those things that you...